Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. of the series that we began calling Blueprints, and, and again, James, the brother of Jesus, was writing, he wrote this book in the Bible, it's named after him, James, and it's so practical, it's so understandable, and, and so, you were so able to put it into practice. But as I start this, this um, talk today, you know, how many of you have ever had a problem? Let me see your hands, you've ever had a problem? Okay, good. that's about all of us. If you've never had a problem, come and see me, because I've got some I'm just going to give you, you know? Uh, and, and so we've had problems, and we have problems now. But it's amazing how that we can label our problems with one word, and that word being it, okay? We, we label our problems with it. It sounds sort of like these phrases that we're going to throw up on the screen, and I'd like you to say these with me, okay? So let's try the first one. Here we go. You ready? Come on. It's killing me. Okay, you didn't say that like it really was. You're Let's try it now. You ready? Come on. It's killing me. That's right. All right. All right. Here's another one. It's hurting me. I got ahead of you that time. Now, this one with a little attitude. You ready? Here we go. Let's try this one. It's driving me crazy. Oh, yes. So you're thinking about somebody right now, but don't look at them, okay? All right. Here's another one. You ready? Let's say this one. I can't believe it's happening to me. And, and those are things that we, def, we, we refer to our problems with it. Because it, 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 it. It's just, it's just driving me crazy. It's killing me. It's hurting me. And, and so what I want to tell you is that the it in our lives are things that we can't change. If we could change it, it wouldn't be a problem anymore, right? If we could change it. Matter of fact, if you can change it and you're not changing it, then listen, you are jacked up. Because why, why would you torture yourself that way, right? Uh, and so, so, but here's what I want to tell you. When you do not have the power to change it, I'm going to give you a solution that will change it. Do you want it? You want the solution? Okay, 10 of you do. <laughs> you're scared, aren't you? I've set you up so many times. But here's a solution that changes it. Okay, it's coming up on the screen. You ready? This is what I want you to remember the rest of the day. Here it is. Let's say it together. You ready? Come on. Prayer changes it. That's it. Let's say that again. You ready? Come on. Prayer changes it. Prayer changes it. Whatever your it in life is in life is that you can't change it. I can't change it. But prayer can change it. Why? Because prayer, prayer is the, is the most powerful thing in a believer's life. Prayer is, 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 prayer is as strong as God is. Prayer is, is, is as able as God is. I mean, prayer can change it. Just like if God can change it, prayer can change it. Because prayer is the way we communicate. Now, as we talk about how to pray about my problems today, because I think a lot of us have problems and we just don't know how to pray about them. And so we're going to learn that today. James, the brother of Jesus, had a nickname. He was called James the Camel Knee. 
because his knees looked like camel knee joints, you know. And the reason being because he was such a man of prayer, he spent hours in prayer that his knees would swell up. And, uh, and because, so the guy that's writing this book to us, writing this to us, believes in the person who practices prayer and believes in prayer. And so today as we dive in, I want to go ahead and give you these four things today that I believe are going to help you learn how to pray about your problems. You ready? Number one, how to pray about my problem. Would you write this down? Number one, ask God to help with a specific problem. Specific problem. James says this, James 5 and 13. He says, if you are having trouble, let's read the last three words out loud. You ready? Come on. You should pray. Okay, now looking at those last three words, who should pray? That's right. And you. You're like, hey, and you, pastor, you should pray. No, and you should pray. And, and the reason I say that is because many times we spend a lot of time asking other people to pray for us, and we spend little time praying for ourselves. So I would say the first place to start with prayer is you pray for you. You pray for your, your it, and then you can share it with other people. Now, the problem with prayer is this, is that so many people say, well, I prayed about it, but all they said was this, oh, God, help me. And that's it. That's all they said. God, help me. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, I want to tell you something. That's not being specific. You see, the more specific your prayer is, the more specific your answer will be. Let me say that again. The more specific your prayer is, the more specific your prayer, your answer will be. Now, so if you have a problem with someone, you know, instead of talking about that person to someone else all the time, maybe you spend more time talking to God about that person, right? And so be specific, you know, just say, you know, Lord, right now, my parents are driving me crazy. And you say, God, mom or dad is driving me crazy. And you just be specific, you know, don't hint. Lord, you know who I'm talking about. No, no, no. Just say their names. You know, you know, or you could say, you know, Father, you know, uh, today, uh, you know, um, a tray on my job is driving me crazy. You know, our Lord, uh, Melinda at school is, uh, is, is just causing me problems, you know, whatever. Call the names. Be specific. So in a financial crisis, God, I'm broke, and I don't have any hope, so help me. Psalms 46 and 1 says this. Let's read those first two words out loud. You ready? Come on. Here we go. God is. Who is? God, God is. Not, not me. God is. God is our refuge and what? Now, look at these next two words. You, you have to associate these two next words, not with me, not with Pastor Jeff. No, 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 not Pastor Jeff, but with God, okay? So let's say these next two words out loud. You ready? Come on, you ready? Always ready. God's always ready. Not me. I'm not always ready, but God is always ready. He's always ready to help in times of what? Trouble. In times of it, right? In it. He's always willing to help in times of it, and we have to remember that. Let me just say this as, as you're praying. Stop trying to think how God wants you to say your prayer. In other words, I think we try to figure out how to talk to God. I, I think we, let me say it this way. I think that we try to say the right things to God. Instead of just saying what's in our heart. 
And some of you, you know, God bless your hearts. Some of you, you know, you, you don't know a lot about church, but you grew, some of you grew up, and the people that prayed around you, they prayed in King James, like the old English, you know, like you're reading Shakespeare. Like, this thou is greatest goddess, thou most highest and holiest greatest goddess, we lovest thou is this. I think that's what God does when we try to pray like that. I think he's like, what? No. Talk to God. About, be specific. God, my big toe, I stumped it. It hurts. Help me. God, Rhonda is getting on my nerves. Lord, straighten her out. That's specific, right? Now, you know, you can pray that prayer and Many times he was like, hey, you pointed at her, but you got three coming back at you, but whatever. So you just remember that, all right? And so James says this. James, again, he says this in chapter 4 and verse 2. He says, you do not have because you do not ask who? You do not ask God. Quit being so timid. Don't be afraid. Listen, don't ever be afraid of asking God for the wrong thing. He has a way of correcting our motives. He has a way of letting us know when it's not right and changing that. So just say it. He already knows you're thinking it. Just say it. All right? So, again, one more time. Remember what we said earlier? Prayer changes. Let's say it together. Ready? Come on. Prayer changes it. Again, prayer changes it. And so I can't change it. You can't change it. But prayer can change it. So number two, how to pray about my problems. The second thing, this is so good. Say thank you to God when things are going good. All right, let's write that down because you've got to get this. In James 5 and 13, he says this. Are any of you suffering hardship? You, sh you should pray. And then the last part of this verse says, are any of you happy? You should what? Sing praises. Be happy when good things are happening. I'll, I'll make this point just in a second. But it seems to me that life, would you agree with me that life is like a roller coaster? Would you agree with that? I mean, like, hands in the air, whoa, hey, hey, whoa, right? Oh, none of you ride roller coasters like that. I'm sorry. Well, neither do I. But let me, let me tell you what, what I used to do when our kids were smaller. We'd take them to theme parks. There we go, hands in the air. Now, that's right. We take them to theme parks, and, and I found this secret out. When my kids were smaller, I could trick them. We'd get in the, the ride, you know, like we go to Six Flags, the Goliath ride there, the big hill, you know. We'd go up there, the screen machine, we start up the hill. And as soon as we start up the hill, they're gripping that bar, not being like, come on, put your hands in there. Don't be a scaredy cat. Come on, Dad's brave. Be cool like Dad. Dad's got his hands in there. Woo! -hoo! Oh, it's going to be great. We're ready. And while we're climbing that hill, my hands are in the air. You know, and let me just say, stop right here and say this. When you're on a mountaintop in your life, when things are all good, you need to put your hands in the air. When things are going good in your life, you need to say, God, thank you so much. It's good right now. Thank you, right? But what I found out was this, is that I can make my kids think I was the bravest person in the world because, whoo, hands in the air. Oh, no, Dad. No, I'm scared. Come on, don't be scared. Put your hands up, boy. Whoo! And as soon as we topped, that hill to plunge 100 feet to death. <laughs> soon as we topped the hill, what they would do, they'd close their eyes and meet. Soon they, and I'd, I'd watch them. Soon they close their eyes, I'd grab that bar. 
<laughs> grab that bar. And then we go back, we go down there, you know, as soon as the momentum shifted, they started back up here, they opened my eyes, my hands back. <laughs> woo! Woo! And that's sort of like life, isn't it? I mean, there's times that, you know, you need to be on your knees going, oh, God, help me. But there's other times you need to have your hands in the air. But let me tell you why you know you won't throw your hands in the air, air when things good are happening. Because you think that if you, if you admit things are going good, that God is going to zap you with a bummer. You think that God is going to zap you with something bad, and he's going to take that good time away from you. So you're like, oh, I can't say anything good going on in my life because, oh, God, make something bad come. No, look what the Bible says. Again, James picks this up. Look what he says. He says, whatever is what? Good and comes to who? From who? So that good time that you got going on is not, God has planned that. God has ordained it, and he's happy. God loves seeing you happy. So when things are good, rejoice in the good times. And yes, it's good. You know, when you praise God in the good times, you know, it, he, it's bragging on God. And you should tell everybody, you know, hey, things are going good. God has blessed me with. God is blessing me right now. And you should brag on God. I'm a dad. And I can tell you when my kids brag on their dad, I'm like, yes, oh, yes. I am the man. Now, those moments are very few and far between. <laughs> Maybe on Father's Day I may get something like that, you know, but I'm taking it. And so I just want you to know that, you know, your Heavenly Father, when you brag on God for the good things in your life, you know, it, it, make, it makes Him feel good. He likes that. Now, here's what, another thing I just want to share with you. Next, look at the next verse, Philippians 4 and 4. This passage says this. He says, rejoice in the Lord when? Again, I say, rejoice, right? Now, here's what you need to know. When he says always, we, 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 we think about, okay, when things are going bad, okay, I know i got to rejoice, so God, thank you. You're still God, Lord, I'm going through this right now. My life stinks. Lord, it's bad right now. Oh, but you're good, God. I'm supposed to say this. You're good, but oh, Lord, it hurts right now. Would you hurry up? Oh, you're good. You know, we, we force ourselves to do that. And, and, and listen, that is healthy. We should thank God in the bad times. But sometimes with that word always, we just eliminate to the, as, a, as something that we got to do when things are going bad to help us. But you should rejoice in the good times as well. You should never feel bad when things are going good for you just because they're going bad for somebody else. Let me, let me say that again. I think that we have a, a problem here, and the problem is, is that... You know, when somebody's doing good and we're not doing so good, we want them to feel bad too. Do you get that? And, and so what I'm saying as mature people is that never make somebody else feel bad because things are going good for them and they're not going so good for you. Rejoice with that person, right? Because your time will come around. So we should never make people feel bad when things are going good for them. And if things are going good for you and things are not going good for somebody else, you shouldn't feel just horrible. You should rejoice that God, thank you that they're going good for me and Lord, and pray for them that they, things get better. Does that make any sense to you? I just think that we, we have a problem rejoicing in the good stuff of God. We're afraid he's going to get me. No, he's not going to get you. He sent it your way. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. Okay, so I have a next step for you. It's on your connection card. 
because I double dog dare you to check this box. It says this. It says, I will do my best to let go of the fear and thank God in the what? Don't be afraid of God's blessings. Enjoy the moment. Okay. All right. Remember what we said. Remember those three words that I've asked you to remember. Ready? Let's say them together. Prayer changes it. Let's do it again. Ready? Come on. Just three words. Prayer changes it. Prayer changes it. And you have to believe that. The third thing I'd like to share with you today is how to pray about your problem is this. Would you write this down? Ask respected people or Christians, I should say. Ask respected Christians to pray over you when you're sick. Now, that word respected is important because just because someone says I'm a Christian doesn't mean that, you know, you want them praying over you. (laughs) You want people that you respect, respected Christians to pray over you, right? Okay, so look what he says here. James 5, 4 and 15, he says, Are any of you sick? You should call to the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of who? Name of the Lord. Talking about Jesus, name of the Lord. Such a, uh, such a prayer offered in what? Will heal the? And the Lord will make you? There you go. And if you have committed any, you will be? All right, here we go. He's saying about four things here. First of all, he's saying this, is that church is important. Listen, I love that we can watch online now. That's awesome. But it's not the same thing. You can never get this environment. You can watch on, you, the people that are watching online today, you know, are not getting what you get because you're in this environment. And I, and I appreciate that. I'm glad that people do watch online, but I'm just saying they don't have the same experience that you're having. And he says that you need to come, belong to a church so that you can have the elders of the church pray for you. People that are respected Christians who've been through something because you don't know nothing until you've been through something, right? And, and so having them pray for you. The other thing he says is anoint with oil. Now, this is where people go, huh? Anoint with oil. What was he saying? In the Bible, God gives a lot of symbols for things. Like, you know, when we take communion, when we, when we have communion, the Lord's Supper, we take that little wafer and we put that wafer in our mouth and we, we have it. And you know what it is? It's a symbol of the Lord's body that was broken for us. It reminds us that Jesus' body was broken for us on the cross. Remember that? Then we take the juice and we drink the juice and it reminds us of the blood of Jesus that was shed for our sins that we can be forgiven. So it's symbols, right? And so like baptism, baptism is a symbol. It's symbolizing you going down in water. You're laying down your old life. It's like I'm dying to myself and then I'm being raised again in Christ Jesus, like him taking up his life. Well, the oil is that as well. It's a symbol. That means that uh, it simply is a symbol of God's Holy Spirit. Wherever you, when you read the Bible, you will realize that when you read about oil, it symbolizes God's Spirit. So when people pray for you, he says, take out, I'll put a little bottle in my pocket right now, a little bottle, this is like little olive oil, you know, uh, you can use Crisco if you want to, okay, but, but somebody said they pulled a dipstick out of their car one time and whatever, whatever works for you, I don't care. It's simple, so I have like a little olive oil here that, you know, you just, some people just take and just dab it on their finger, then just dab it on your forehead right here. And it's just a symbol to remind you that God's Holy Spirit's got to do the work, and, and we're recognizing that. Like, 
You know, I went, I was at a, a, a conference of some pastors all over America this week, and there was, it was some special group of guys. There's about 30 of us, and we were together, and, uh, and this uh, pastor, you know, of a very affluent church coming, uh, uh, gave us a talk, and he wanted to pray over us. I said, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll take prayer. He said, I want to anoint you with oil. I'm like, yes, awesome, automatically, awesome, wonderful. And, but he went over there to a pump bottle. I'm not kidding, like, you know, you pump soap out into your hand, you know. This joker, he went, and that thing went, and he, he went and he prayed for me like this. <laughs> By the time he laid his hand on me, it slid back here. <laughs> Dear God, you know, so, so you don't have to do, <laughs> you don't have to take a bath in it, all right? Just symbolizes, and that's why, like, we have elders of the church that pray after our service, and right over here, you know, and then there's prayer partners that come down, and you know, if you like to be anointed with oil, they have that, you know, to do that. In our groups, you can ask for that as well. And then the third thing that I would say is this: is that you pray in the name of Jesus. Whenever you pray, He says you say your prayer, and then at the end of it, you say in the name of Jesus. Why? Why? Why would you do that? Because Jesus gets you access to God. It, it, it's, it's like, okay, here's my request, but when you say the name of Jesus, he just takes it right on into the throne room of God. It's like, you know, there's been times that I have been invited to go play golf with people, uh, you know, at a country club that, you know, I'm not a part of, and they'd invite me, and they'd get there ahead of me, and they asked me to come in, and I have to sign in, you know, so when I go to sign in, they say, hey, you know, uh, what's your name? And I tell my name, they say, well, your name's not on the list. It, you can't get in. But when I say, you know what, well, I'm here with Shaquille O'Neal, you know what? Then all of a sudden they say, oh, yeah, his name's on the list. You can get in. Now, I've never played golf with Shaquille O'Neal. That just sounded good, didn't it? <laughs> but I'm just saying, I, there have been there where I've told them that person's name, and, and they said, oh, yeah, their name's right. Yeah, and so I didn't, get in, I didn't get into that country club on my name. I got in on their name, right? And the same thing, when you are praying to Almighty God, you don't get into God's throne room on your name. You get into God's throne room on the name of Jesus. And so your prayer, it doesn't get answered in your name. You say, don't ever say, don't ever say, now, Lord, I pray this in the name of Jeff Dawes. Don't, don't do that. It won't go anywhere. It'll just stay right here, you know. And listen, dropping out my name helps you nowhere. But when you drop the name of Jesus, all of heaven goes, whoa. And it goes right into the throne room of God. Amen? In the name of Jesus, all right? That's good, yes. Amen, that's good. So remember what we said is that prayer changes. Let's say it again. You ready? Come on. Prayer changes it. Now, it works in the supernatural as well. Watch this. Several years ago, there was a lady in our church. Her name was Virginia. She, her, Virginia Pascal was her name. She couldn't see. She was blind. She could see like light, but she couldn't see anything. She could just see light. I never will forget that, that, you know, we had prayed for her several times. We anointed her with oil, prayed for her, asked God to heal her. But I never will forget the Sunday that she walked into the church. And she said, she, she, she didn't know what I looked like. But she, I was standing around before our service, and I was talking to people, and she heard my voice. She said, Pastor! I said, yes, ma'am, Virginia. She said, come here and let me look at you. I said, what do you mean? She said, Pastor, I want you to know I woke up Thursday morning and I can see God has healed me. 
And she walked, she looked around that church. She said, oh my, I never knew it looked so beautiful in here. And she said, I never seen you, heard your voice all these years, but never saw you. Oh, let me look at you. Isn't it amazing what God can do? He healed her eyes after years of being blind. God can do anything. Why? Because prayer changes it. Say it again. You ready? Come on. Prayer changes it. It changes it. Okay, let me give you the last one. The last one is this, is how to pray about my problems. Number four, would you write this down? Is confess your sins to God and others. I'm going to explain that. I know that sounds a little bit weird right there, but James says it this way. He says, verse 16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? The prayer of a, the, the earnest prayer of a righteous person, let's read those three words, you ready? Has great power and produces wonderful what? Okay, so here's the deal. That when you confess your sins, so what do you, you confess it in order that you can reveal it that God can heal it, okay? You've got to confess it. When, once you confess it, you reveal it, and then God can heal it. What I'm trying to tell you is this, is that God can, God can do anything, but one thing he cannot do is help you with a problem that you're unwilling to admit that you have it. Did you hear that? If you don't admit you have a problem, God can't, he can't help you with that problem. He can't help you with it until you admit it. You have to admit it. And here's why that's so important. Okay, now listen to this very closely. When you, when you have sin in your life, you will never be the person that God intended you to be, and you'll never be the person you want to be because sin has power over you. But when you confess that sin to God, what you're doing is you are releasing that sin. And when you release that sin to God, guess what? That sin no longer has power over you. All of a sudden, God has power over that sin. Did you hear that? So it's, that's why you have to confess it. God, forgive me for. And when you name it, whatever, how dirty or how bad it may have made you, you say, God, forgive me for. You release it, and it no longer has power over you, and God has power over it. He gives you power over it. It's important. That's why today, if you're sitting here today, and you're not a Christ follower, follower, you are powerless over the bad things in your life. You have no, there's no power over it. It's, it's got you, and it will keep you, and it will take you down. But Jesus Christ, coming into your life, takes the power over it, and he comes in and, and gives you a new power that you can overcome it. Amen? And so today... Today, we don't, on this Thanksgiving weekend, the best thing that you can do, my friends, on the, on the bottom of our prayer, right, we have a prayer to become a Christ follower. You know why? Because you need him to help you with it. Prayer changes it, and this is the first prayer that you pray right here to change it. And so it's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. I want to challenge you to pray it right where you are. You don't have to stand up, spin around, get on your head, run the aisles, nothing. I'm going to ask you to take this prayer card. And it says right here, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. Just check that box so that we can pray with you and welcome to God's family. Okay? Now, remember what we said. Let's say those three words together. You ready to come on? Prayer changes it. It changes it. We witnessed this in our church. We witnessed it all the time. But one time, that, uh, 
what's come to my mind as I was preparing was that about five years ago, uh, Pastor Chesney, the, the, the lady that was up here doing baby dedication, that's Pastor Chesney, she's over our family ministries area here, and her husband, Danny, uh, who's a guy that normally, if you've been here a couple of times, you know, we used to have a guy that's standing in the middle of a male singer here, his name is Danny, with her husband and wife, and five years ago, they decided that they were going to adopt a child. And so, if you know anything about Pastor Chesney, she is the detailed person. I mean, she stresses over the details. So, she's the one that likes to cross every T, dot every I, and make sure everything's just right. And, and, and so, thank God for her, because through the years, she's been with our church for 20 years. She's worked with Ron and I for over 21 years. Thank God, because she's helped us in a lot, a lot of areas because of that. But they started this adoption process, and when they started the process, you know, they, they were placed with a, a, a mother, and this mother had had drug issues previously, and had had them up to the time that she started carrying this baby, and so they working with this agency that was trying to get her in a safe place, you know, and, and to keep her away from the drug issues, and and so they agreed, okay, she's going to stay away from the drugs. We're going to take care of her. They agreed, okay, we're going to adopt this baby. But all this, something happened, and, and she just went crazy and began to start using drugs again, heavily. So much so to where it was about three months before the baby, two months before the, uh, the, their baby was due, and Chesty was like, I don't know what to do. I, you know, this, she's gone crazy, and she said, I'm thinking about, we're thinking about, you know, not doing the adoption. We're thinking about saying, no, forget it. And before she could do that, they got a call that their baby had been born or was on his way, was being born. I never forget that call that she gave me. She said, Pastor Jeff, he's premature. He's on his way, and we got to go to Florida. And all of a sudden, dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's out the window, you know. And she and Daddy took off, and they went to Florida. I never forget this. We, we had been praying as a church. We'd been praying for this adoption. We'd been praying for this baby. But they knew what was next. And so the, the NICU area there, the, there was a section in the NICU that, that dealt with drug babies. They began to try to prepare them for this. They said, listen, you know, babies that, are, that have been uh, drugs, that their mothers have taken drugs, it, it's not pretty because they come out and they they're scream and and they just cry because they're addicted to the same substance that their parents had, their mom had. And so they prepared him for all this. So little Drew was born. This is his picture, right, coming up on the screen. He's, he's my little buddy. He was born, and when he, when he come into the, when they brought him out as a baby, you know, he wasn't screaming. That was a great sign. And they're giving this play-by-play all the time. He's not screaming. And when they took, they said, okay, we've got to test the umbilical cord of the mom to see what we're going to have to treat him for because of the drugs. So they, they tested the, the umbilical cord. They found meth. They found cocaine. They, they found uh, marijuana. They found every drug that you possibly could have in this umbilical cord. And so they were getting ready for the worst to treat him. And so they withdrew blood from his body and tested it. And guess what? The only drug they found in his body was the pain medication that they gave the mother to have the baby. Somehow. You see that? You see how good God is? How, you, you, tell, you, tell me, you tell me 
How did a life source of blood can go to this child? And before it gets to the baby, there's a filter there by Almighty God that has said, no, no, you're not going to infect this child. And God Almighty did it again. And now, here he, here he is, you know. And, and so, if you come to the 12 o'clock service, at the end of the service, when, when everybody's out of here, in here, you, I know we're not supposed to have kids running in church, right? Not at SEC. We don't care. As long as we got kids, we're glad to have them. But Drew and I, he, we'll chase each other, and you know, he'll chase me. I'll chase him. Why? Because every time I'm running after that little boy, I'm reminded that God can change it. God can change it. Prayer can change it. Prayer changes it. Prayer changes it. I, I want to do something a little different today. Because I have prayed for you. I prayed for you. I've been praying for you. And, and I believe it's time to deal with some of those it's in your life. And so I've got a question for you today. I want to pray for you. If you would like to be prayed for today. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to come and lay my hands on you with oil or anything like that. I'm going to pray from the stage. If you would like to be prayed for today because you have an it that you need prayer to change, would you just stand up right now? All over the building, just stand up. God's going to do something today for you. Today's your day. All of us have problems, don't we? I'm going to pray, and we're going to present this prayer in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. And if you believe with me today, we're going to believe today is going to be the day that change is going to happen because prayer changes it. Let me pray. Father, right now, we come to you, God, and you know every person is standing. You know who they are. God, you know what they're thinking right now. You know, Lord, the tears that are coming through their eyes. You know why that's happening. Lord, that little cringe in their stomach that's happening as they think about this problem this it, oh God, you know why it's happening. Lord, when they've been crying those tears, when they thought they were all by themselves, God, it was you that was there. And God, you are hearing this prayer. And so Lord, we ask you right now, in the name of your son Jesus, that you would begin to change it in a powerful, powerful way. In that name that is above every name, that wonderful name of Jesus Christ, we believe it right now. In Jesus' name. Receive your miracle today. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.